The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to those expressing them and do not necessarily reflect the OSA Foundation Incorporated or any other group or individual. This podcast may contain dialogue or subject material that could be considered for mature audiences only. All aspects of how you play the game and the OSA Foundation Incorporated are protected by copyright and other state and federal intellectual property laws. Unauthorized use without the express written consent of the OSA Foundation Incorporated is strictly prohibited. If you're interested in sponsoring how you play the game, please email us at podcast at osipfoundation.org. Your sponsorship may be tax deductible. It's that time again. You know what time that is? Uh, let me think. I can apply for another mortgage? Actually, I was going to say it's time that I have to stay off of social media and other interweb sites because of the delay between when No Time to Die is released in England and oh. the United States. Right, so you, you can't, know, you can't, I'm trying you to can't stay be away spoiled. From, right, I'm trying not to be spoiled. I've, I've done the spoiling before in certain, for certain Bond movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm kind of like, I almost feel like I kind of know everything. Now, I wouldn't say I'm kinda, I kind of know. I have a good feeling I can predict what's going to happen in this movie. Okay. And I, 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 I was reading a review yesterday, and, mm-hmm. you know, I'm thinking it's a spoiler-free review because it's, you know, it's, I think it was on, like, Variety, and they were coming out of the royal premiere oh, yeah. and whatnot. I'm thinking it's got to sure. be spoiler-free, right? Yep. So I'm scrolling down, and it gets. I get to the middle paragraph, and sure enough, the the guy starts talking about what happens in the movie, and he's only talking about like the pre-title sequence. And at that point, I was like, "Nope, not reading anymore. You're done." Right. And, and that, now the good news because what, you're smart enough or autistic enough to pick up on what could happen in the rest of the movie just from extrapolating the first is, two. Now, now for what it's worth. For what it's worth, uh-huh. I did correctly predict the pre-title sequence based upon what this guy said. Okay. So so I didn't feel bad spoiling that per se because that was my guess. And so I was like, okay, it's, this is more of a confirmation. But it's like a little game. Exactly. It's, exactly. <laughs> it's 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 the same game that all men play when right. they go to the bathroom and they have to try and clean the toilet by peeing on the poop stains. I've done that. We've all done it. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. for the for the record, let me make sure that we note that we haven't even introduced the podcast yet for the uh-huh. day, and we've already used the word autistic. Mm-hmm. And peeing on the poop stains. Yeah. So this episode is rated M for immature. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Cancel sportsmanship right now. Right. Okay. <laughs> when is the when is the um, Bond movie coming out in uh, the states? Next uh, Friday, the eighth of October. I'm sure you're so, all set to go. I've I've already got my tickets for Thursday night. Where are you going to see it? Uh, Market Fair. Okay. Um, but now, granted, you know. We've had so many uh, theater closures and and other theaters that are like still on the cusp of trying to figure out what to do and this right. that the other. So I was I I tried to do as much research as I could, mm-hmm. and um, the best I could find was at Princeton Market Fair. They had you know you know because they have you know when it comes out on like Friday the eighth they have like Thursday night preview showings and whatnot. Okay. So, so I look and now at Market Fair they have the reserved seating. So I went in, and uh, the regular, uh, you know, not the non 3D extravagant stuff and whatnot. Oh, I can't do 3D. Movies. No, me neither. I get me sick. Either. Yeah, I'm, I actually I'm, get sick. I, I, I tried watching Avatar. Like that was like one of the first movies right. to be released in 3D. And like 3D in its current form, right? And and I actually like during the opening sequence, I had to walk out because yeah. I I was getting sick. I'm telling you, in my opinion, it destroys the quality of the movie. Yeah. You know, the movie is meant to be a, a piece of art 
in my opinion, mm-hmm. not, you know, there, there is an aspect of experience to it. Don't get me wrong. Sure. But if I wanted to be entertained via that experience, I feel like I would go to a theme park. Right. You know, uh, I'm looking at, at, you know, at movies in the same way that I look at mm-hmm. television and music. And I look at it. This is just me. I look at it more for um, its artistic value to have the same weight as any sort of experience or anything like that. I'm not going into it like with this transaction based theory of I pay money. I want to be entertained. Right. You know, so if I want to see Avatar in 3D for real, I would go to another planet. Right. And, you know, you would probably with the uh, right. You would be you would be in the movie at that point. Right. Okay. Okay. So anyway, I so uh, Market Fair has it and they only had like an eight o'clock showing on on that Thursday night. And the movie's friggin three hours long. It's the longest Bond film to date. It's longer than Honor Majesty's Secret Service. See? That's a red flag to me. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I agree. That's a red flag. If it's that long, I I have reservations about it. Because when I found out how long The Last Jedi was, because mm-hmm. it, it was over, it was like, what, two and a half hours? Something, something like that, yeah. And I was like, that's too long, yeah. and I don't think I like that. And there's, and sure enough, Last Jedi there was it is. terrible. Yeah. Yep. These these movies need to be approximately two hours, you know, give or take. Yeah, you know, you know, you you you. If you There's if a formula. There's yeah. a formula that you follow to like, like it doesn't have to be strict, but there's like, if you're a good director, right? Right. You, there is a formula that you have to follow. There's a there's a, there's just a way you have to do things, particularly with something as long lived as bond right right? so if something if it's three hours long that's already breaking like i can't it i don't know how they're gonna i don't know how they're gonna do that well let me just let me throw this at you the previously you know previous bond movie held of being the longest was honor majesty's secret service back in 1969 Mm -hmm. that i forget the exact run total runtime but it was you know it was the longest one in history to date was that movie bad? Mm, some parts of it, but yeah. in general, in general, it was. It, let's put it this way: it got okay. mixed reviews. It got mixed reviews. Some people, <sighs> and it's very polarizing because some people say it was the greatest Bond movie ever because of the emotions and this, that, the other, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And the others are saying, well, it didn't have the same escapism as oh yeah, you know, I, the other movies. I, I think. I think. You know, how long was it? Was it? About... It was. It was about two and a half hours. That long? Yeah. It didn't seem that long. Yeah. No. It, it was. It's... Maybe. Maybe that'll be the case with the new one. Who knows? It could be. It could be. You know. Um. It. It. The the early reviews on No Time to Die are that it's really good. Uh. And and a lot of the review the not the spoiler free reviews that I that I did see basically said things along the lines of, um. It may not be as good as Casino Royale, but it's light years better than the other three. Okay. And I'm th- I'm looking at that and I'm thinking to myself, but that okay. doesn't really that doesn't really mean anything though because yeah. I mean I I just prefer I don't know. I don't know. well there there are some people who also say there th- this movie does a lot to go back to the formula that we have been missing. Mm-hmm. Okay. For some time, you That's know, good. they try. They try to um, properly uh, add in, you know, the 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 humor with the gadgets, with good. with with you know everything, even the music. The music, like I'm looking, I'm thinking the music's going to be. It's Hans Zimmer who did who did this the film, and okay. um, I don't know if it's going to be as solid as John Barry, David Arnold. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure it's going to be better than Eric Sarah and Thomas Newman. Okay. I bet I bet you were going to get uh, a, a unique score that's more uh, in line with um, Bill Conti, okay. uh, George Martin, uh, Michael Kamen, who did uh, License to Kill, I think. So so that yeah. that that kind of that Michael kind Kamen of, also did um... was it Die Hard. He did X Men. I think he did the movie to X Men as well. Okay. 
He because he died relatively young. Well, maybe not. Maybe I'm thinking of someone else. Now I got to look it up. All right, because that's bugging me. Well, while, while I look it up, what are we doing here? Oh, this <laughs> is this is how you play the game. The official podcast of the Osip Foundation Incorporated. Yours truly, Jack Furlong, with you as we talk to you about what's going on as far as the world of sportsmanship is concerned. This is the first episode of the month of October. Time is flying. The year is 2021. So glad you can be with us. As always, check us out. On the interwebs at osipfoundation.org, you can contact the show via email with the address podcast at osipfoundation.org. On social media, we're at facebook.com slash osipfoundation. Twitter and Instagram are at osipfoundation, hashtag how you play the game. And we are now also on YouTube. Just search Osip Foundation and you can find some of our best podcast episodes. Across, across the way from me, as always, on the screen is the producer engineer of the show, Mr. Sean Ryan. Sean, hello. How are you? He did do the soundtrack for X-Men. Okay. What Michael year Kamen. Was, yeah, what year was that? 2000? Was it 2000? It was very early on. Yeah, it may have been around that time. And then he died shortly thereafter, right? I think, yeah. Maybe, unless we're thinking of someone else. I'd hate to kill off someone who hasn't been, who hasn't died yet. Oh, come on. Oh, I can't find it. Oh wait, died two thousand three November. Okay, so it was soon. Yeah. It was soon after. Yeah, because I think the original X Men came out in two thousand, right? Yeah, while while I was in high school. No, not while I was in. Well, well, you and I were in high school. Yeah, uh, I thought you not said while... well, well. Michael Kamen was in high no. school. No, like, what? <laughs> yeah, he was. He died at fifty five. Okay. Fifty five, if you will. Okay. Um. But yeah, he did. Uh, let's see here. In eighty, yeah, License to Kill. He did. He did Roadhouse. He did Lethal Weapon, Die oh, Hard. Yes. Okay. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yeah, okay. You know, uh, Three Musketeers. Mister Holland's Opus. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he he did Jack. I think was that the movie with um Robin Williams as the kid? Yes. Yeah. He he did frequency. Huh. It's amazing how many, you know, it's Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So anyway, um <laughs> long story short, mm-hmm. there's a reason that the jokes for this movie are that it's called No Time to Pee. Oh, okay. So well, I'm 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 going in. I'm trying to go a, in. I'll bring an empty water bottle. That's with probably me. for the best. That's probably for the best. <laughs> um, I'm I'm going in with with no expectations. You know, and here's the other thing was that I was thinking about it and I was like, why am I getting such anxiety over this movie? And I thought about it and I was like, okay, here's why. First of all, uh, this movie has gone through significant uh unforeseen circumstances that have driven us all nuts okay this movie was supposed to come out in uh i think late 2018 then pushed to 2019 because they had a change in director then pushed to early 2020 and then covid and what and it just kept getting pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and and whatnot okay Mm -hmm. so so you got you got that you know you got covid in, in the way and we're all still very sensitive to that we're all still trying to like come out of our shell and you know i i know i'm sure you've experienced this as much as i do we we'd like to believe life is back to normal Mm -hmm. because i think you and i are two people that are very careful anyway so uh you know saying that we have to be quote unquote careful you know because of the delta variant unvaccinated this that we're just like we're we're that way anyway yeah if you're that way to begin to, to start you're not you you're not the problem right you know uh so 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 we fight that battle from the start Mm. second look at how bond has been since daniel craig took over i don't know about you but the i i'm so uh, daniel craig's a fantastic actor don't get me wrong. okay he's he's fantastic and he's been a pretty darn good bond but i i wouldn't put him at the absolute top because mm-hmm. the daniel craig era of james bond in my opinion and i think you share similar opinion mm-hmm. 
it's played out. It's yeah. it's just it's there. There's an element of it. The whole that, gone rogue. Yeah, you've been yeah. You, you've gone rogue for every single friggin' movie. Okay, right. he didn't go rogue for the first time until License to Kill in 1989, ironically scored by Michael Kamen. Okay, yeah. and 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 that was, uh, what was that like the 15th movie? Yeah, I think 16th. I think it was the 16th movie. I'll I'll, I'll yeah. Yeah, it was the 16th movie. 16th official movie. So. That's the first time he went rogue. Then he didn't go rogue again until 2002, Die Another Day, mm-hmm. which was one of those movies. It was the, the 40th anniversary, and if you're a scholar in the, in, on the films the way that we are, you'll know that... For that, those of you who don't know, Jack especially... Yes. Oh, my God. Uh, okay. <laughs> Die Another Day was a film where, since it was the 40th anniversary, they literally put references to every prior Bond film in that movie. Yeah. So the idea that Bond went rogue very briefly in that film was a callback to License to Kill. Okay? Mm. So, so far, so good. I'm with you. But then... Daniel Craig comes along, and they friggin' quote-unquote reinvent the series, which mm-hmm. was mistake number one. And you've got you've got movies now in every single movie where it's like there's this tension of, am I rogue? Am I on the team? Am I rogue? Am I on the team? And I just want to be like, just, just do a formulaic film. Just right. do a normal film. Just, right. a, just, just do a film that is escapism. I'm going to pay you no matter what. And if it's just escapism, you know what I'm going to do? I'm probably going to go see it five times this winter and just say, go ahead, entertain me, you know? Right. Instead, we get, we get the, the rogue antihero. And granted, the character of James Bond is an antihero, okay? And, and, and every actor, as I told you, Sean, has highlighted since after sean connery every actor has highlighted a particular part of the character of james bond better than others and daniel craig's bond is the anti-hero where he's not you know he's not the knight in shining armor and and you do have to question morality and this that the other and blah 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 blah. that's fine Hmm. but it's just it's nuts it's gone too far and then you and i have also talked about this okay blonde come on And he's, now, and he's and he's like he's ripped exactly like Bond you wanna, isn't supposed to be ripped if you, if you as they they have claimed they want to go back to Fleming as much as they can if you go back to Fleming and Fleming's James Bond was out of shape okay yep. I wouldn't call him a, you know a fat tub of goo but mm-hmm. he was not ripped okay right. he smoked too much he drank too much so he was just out of shape okay mm-hmm. he, he he didn't have endurance. Okay, I you know I don't know if he would have a spare tire around his belly or, or what, but he just he just wasn't, you know, physically fit. And he that was the hero for the average exactly and that average male. That is what gave him his charm and made him more quote unquote attainable mm-hmm. to 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 men mm-hmm. to say I can be him because he's not in the gym every day. Right. He's at the bar every day. <laughs> okay? Yeah. So that's that that's why I'm like I just the blonde thing doesn't bother me as much as it used to as I told you some some time ago Sean because mm-hmm. Roger Moore's hair got lighter and lighter mm-hmm. um and and when you when you do the correct cinematography and when you when you leave his hair at the proper length it doesn't appear as blonde as it as it is in real life when mm-hmm. he was in skyfall and his hair was short that was unacceptable that's a right. felony as far as i'm concerned okay <laughs> but there were parts in casino royale and quantum of solace where his hair was a little longer and okay yeah when the sun is shining on it you're going to see it a little bit more but you know you ever see that thing the sun it's bright okay oh yeah so it's going to happen okay even even pierce brosnan's hair looked blonde under the sun okay so, what are we even doing right now? I don't now? even know. <laughs> I just, so, and then, so, so to, con- to continue my thought. God damn it. I have seen, <laughs> I have been so disappointed by Skyfall and Spectre that I'm afraid for my life with no time to die. Okay. And then the, the final thought I'll say is when you compare that to Star Wars, which is my other franchise, and how much of a disappointment it's that your, has been. your other franchise. You made those movies. 
You know, when you put it like that, you make me sound like an asshole, Sean. Okay. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I'm saying it's the other franchise I like. That's what friends do. That is what <laughs> friends do. <laughs> I have been so, uh, like you, Sean, I've been so disappointed by the Star Wars movies that came out since mm -hmm. 2015 that I'm almost afraid that any movie that comes out in these franchises where we have invested something mm -hmm. is is going to disappoint us. Yeah. You know, so so like I'm... Another blow. Exactly. Like, yeah. if you tell me, thank God Danny Boyle did not end up doing No Time to Die because his whole thing was he wanted Bond to die at the end of this movie. Mm. And I was just like, "Oh hell no, that doesn't happen." Okay, right. you don't, you don't. If and if he ends up dying at the end of this movie, I'm gonna be fucking pissed, man. Right. I'm gonna be so pissed. He, sh I don't think he's going to because no, you don't, you don't just stop the franchise after 25 films. You, you know, as right. as as um, Mike Wilson, the producer, always says, you don't want to be, you don't ever want to say, "I was on the crew of the last Bond movie." Right. You know, so. Okay, I think I think Serenity now. Yeah, I think we're good, <laughs> man. Would you like to talk about some sportsmanship now? Because clearly, what I was talking about was poor sportsmanship in Star Wars and James Bond. I think we should go to the golf course first. Let's do that because that's how we all find our our serenity. Right. Okay. So people are going to be writing in and saying, "Well, except at the Ryder Cup." Right. People are going to be writing in and saying, "Jack, you you displayed poor sportsmanship about Bond and Star Wars, didn't you?" And I'm like. <laughs> Golf. Talk. <laughs> Lead us into it, Sean, while I drink. So there's an article um, on Golf Monthly by Elliot Heath, one of our contributors. Uh, the title is called Classless. Um, and it was it's in quotes, classless. And then uh, Butch Harmon slams DeChambeau for gimme just gesture, 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 gesture. I can't say that. Gesture. That's it. Yeah. That, I said it right. Words are hard. Yeah. I'm um, reading for you. So uh, the article reads, Butch Harmon called Bryson DeChambeau classless after the American gestured to insinuate he should have been given a putt at the Ryder Cup. We've also seen Justin Thomas do a similar gesture, gesture, gesture this week. Although Bryson physically laid his putter down on the ground to emphasize his thoughts. Unsurprisingly, the antics didn't go down well, especially with the Sky Sports commentary team of Butch Harmon and Ewan Murray. I'm not sure that's a great idea, especially with an elongated putter. Wasn't remotely funny either, either Murray said. Butch Harmon was harsher on the golfing scientist, calling him classless. Come on, Bryson, that's just not good. That's not right. We just we don't need it. Just play golf. Classless, he said. And look, I'll stop there for a moment. But Jack and I, for those of you who don't know by now, Jack and I play golf together almost Wait, almost, almost weekly. At least weekly. Yeah. You know? And we we give each other gimmies all the time. If the ball is like six inches from the hole, you know, that's in, right? It, it, and, and for that, the record, your your gimmies are not even like just put an extra stroke on it and pick it up. It's that's in. That's that's just stop it. There. Yeah, we okay. pretend that we we pretend the hole is like a bucket. It's like <laughs> that Tony Romo Skechers commercial where the the hole is the size of his house. Right. You know. Yeah. So, <laughs> but like. You know, and that's understandable because that's a that's outside the realm of competition. I mean, we're just really competing with ourselves yeah, at right. that point. No, when you and I golf, we're not seeing who's the better golfer. No, because it's you. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I when I hit my drive longer, I go, "That's okay. You could go first. Exactly. <laughs> I hook my drive about three feet in front of the tee hey, box. I do that too sometimes. Yeah. It yeah, it's it's emasculating. Yeah. Um, but so when you and I play, you know, it's we're really in competition with ourselves and it's more of a mental game at that point. Right. right? You know, during the Ryder Cup <laughs> on the on the tour, 
That's a different story. That's a different type of competition. That's a very different type of competition. And especially since you're playing on a team that represents our country, um, it's really, really not okay to not only, I mean, if it was, if it's, it's one thing to ask for it, right? But to lay your putter down on the green, uh, it just, I, in that, in that situation, it's not only classic, classless but it's really unconscionable to 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 a certain degree you know uh, if, go ahead finish up um anyway there's there's more quotes right um you know the, uh, that was disappointing to watch simple as that simple as that really especially in the in the spirit these games are played uh sky sports nick doherty said and that's a really good quote because he said in the spirit of which these games are played there is a camaraderie here right but there's a sense of national pride that it's like the kind of like the mini olympics in a way right you've got different countries competing with one another you got teams right and and i feel like when you are representing your country and your team and you you lay your putter down like that i i feel like that is just an awful way to represent yourself and and for whom you are playing. If this was um, a pro-am and you're Bob Barker doing that, it's a little funnier, okay? Right. <laughs> or you're Bill right. Murray doing that, it's a little funnier, yeah. Yeah, so anyway, that's my take on it. I, I happen to agree, um, you know, I, 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 I happen to agree with Butch Harmon and, and I think it is really classless to do that. Yeah. Um, and considering the spicy history that DeChambeau has already from the PGA having to change the rules because of him uh, to, you know, the, the ongoing feud with Kepka. Um, although that seemed to have sort of died down when they, when they won the Ryder cup. Yeah. They ride Ryder cup and they hugged each other, yeah. you know, and although Kepka might've just been like, I can't believe I'm doing this. Nah. You know? <laughs> But I, I mean, it, he. But the thing that annoys me about DeChambeau, and not, not, I'm not to, not to go on a. No, I did that with James Bond. You do it with right. DeChambeau, okay? He, he's like back and forth because, yeah. like earlier in the week, he gave a kid his glove, right? Instead of like saying, "I don't have a pen," you know, let me give you my glove. Let me give you my right. golf glove. Like, that's great. That's a sign of awesome sportsmanship. Right. You, have the, you know, you're being a good role model there. And then later you lay down your putt on the, on the, you know, asking for a gimme. Yeah. After you make it in. Like, I don't get it. I, I don't understand the inconsistency here. There's when, when that happens, okay, that when that inconsistency occurs, what that tells me is, and again, I'm, I'm just, this is conjecture. Okay, I am not a mental health expert, although I play one on TV and people come to me frequently for it. Mm -hmm. um, it tells me there's something going on in his head uh, that can be a wide range of different things. Um, it, it can be a type of narcissism. It can be, um, you know, it, it can just be some psychological issues that have been unresolved. Um, you know that narcissism thing. I think it, it becomes almost classic, and it almost it almost points to like a toxic narcissism because we we've seen benign narcissists and malignant narcissists in our mm -hmm. lives. Um, you know, benign narcissists are just annoying, okay? And 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 you 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 have to put that into perspective because you know they can't hurt you even though that they're annoying. Um, malignant narcissists are very toxic they're almost like social terrorists in a way mm -hmm. where you can get caught up in it in in any different form and the next thing you know your heart is hurting because right. of something that was completely unexpected mm -hmm. um DeChambeau comes off that way he comes off as this happy Gilmore type that has the power to change golf for the better but he is abusing that in a way that's almost akin to like i don't want to say he's doing anything illegal like steroids but but the, the the rage the emotional rage that comes out sometimes 
comes out very poorly and quite classless, as as the article mm -hmm. says. You know, I don't have a problem necessarily with the idea of the PGA changing the rules for certain things because that might be classified as gamesmanship in a certain way. You know, um, again, you have you have to go through and specifically. You got to look at the context. Right. I mean, yeah. He knows he has a monster drive. Right. Okay? So I'm not. I'm not. Even, I, I, I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt for the purposes of of describing where the line is is crossed. Okay. And we've all we've all talked about gamesmanship before. Like, for example, you go back to like Derek Jeter when there was that play in I can't remember what year it was. I want to say it was like 2012. Um, he's playing. They're playing. The Yankees are in Tampa and Lance Barksdale was behind the plate uh, as mm -hmm. the umpire. And Joe Madden is managing Tampa mm -hmm. and um, he and, and a pitch comes up and in and hits Jeter on the knob of the bat. Mm -hmm. But he plays it off like it hit his hand so barksdale awards him first base saying it hit his hand madden comes out to argue saying that hit the knob of the bat and gets tossed and this is before replay so they're right. showing the replays and whatnot and they go that hit the knob that's that's great acting from Derek jeter and we're mm -hmm. thinking to ourselves why why would Derek jeter do this and it's an element of gamesmanship, which is a different discussion altogether. But, you know, we can and we can dissect gamesmanship as much as we want. But he, I mean, I would imagine that it still would kind of hurt it a could, little bit. <laughs> it could very well could. What what Jeter did in that in that situation, although yeah, I don't remember that as well. Although although it's possibly morally wrong, what he did was he tried to gain an advantage within the rules, mm -hmm. okay, by forcing an official, an umpire to do his job by saying, by declaring what it actually was. And the umpire didn't see it the way that the cameras saw it. And therefore Jeter was awarded this advantage. He didn't cheat necessarily. Okay. Mm -hmm. He, he, he tried to gain a competitive advantage. We can talk about that all day. We can say that was morally wrong. I don't think I could do that. Okay. Right. It'd be different. It'd be different where, uh, you know, I was being given an advantage where I wasn't trying to get it from an umpire. And I'm just like, I'm not saying anything, you know, it, you know, it's not, I'm not, I'm not going about, and maybe that's what Jeter was doing, you know, for all we know, like you said, it could have actually still hurt in some way, shape or form. So, yeah. I mean, that, I, that's happened to me when I used yeah, to play. Absolutely. And it absolutely. Hurt. I mean, it, it, it get, makes your hand numb. Exactly. And just like, ah, 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 you know, especially <laughs> when, you still have hurts. Metal, when you have a metal bat compared yes. to a wood bat. Okay. Yep. So anyway, um, DeChambeau, when it comes to like the drives and this, that, the other, okay, I'll I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. I, I really will. It's when this type of childish behavior comes out. And the fact of the matter is, and I, I've said this before and I'll say it again, Bryce DeChambeau has a gift. He has he he is a unique specimen on the tour who has the potential to bring in viewers to golf in a way that happy Gilmore did. Okay. But he, he can't be abusing it this way because he's going to create an equal amount of enemies and dissenters. This isn't the movies where, you know, you can write into the script of happy Gilmore that everyone loves it. Okay. You can't do, especially that movie came out some time ago. Yeah. Okay. The society, as much as we hate to say it, has changed somewhat. Yeah. So the point being is that I'm with you. Desham this this was a classless move, and DeShambo needs to know better. Right. Um, it's it's unfortunate because this this kid has a gift. He has the potential to be as big as Tiger Woods mm -hmm. in this game, and he's throwing it away because of his attitude yeah okay and yeah. Uh, that might be a little bit of hyperbole but no, you, but you know what i'm saying but it adds up over time is yeah. it, you know his his attitude and and i'm not arguing that he's i'm not saying he's a bad golfer he's he's fantastic but the problem is that it's just like it unfortunately i it's a question of do you would you rather have a good golfer who has a poor ego or would you have rather have a mediocre golfer with a with you know who keeps himself in check right who's right? humble and, and understands the context like 
Okay, so we so for those of you who don't know, Jack and I run this orchestra, and uh, I we we've had this discussion before. Would you rather a musician who's okay with a with a with a who's keeping themselves in check and keeping their head down and practicing, or would you rather have an an excellent musician who's so full of themselves you can't stand it? And I always pick the first one. You and me both, especially would, in this context. It, we're, this is not a professional orchestra, right? Okay, this is this is a community group, right? And a, and a nonprofit group, yeah. And and you and I are on the same page in saying, when we have those types of people who are you know the first type, you know the mediocre people who work hard and and the results are there, every time, it comes out, it turns out to be fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Um. The flip side is when you get someone who's actually pretty darn good, but who, who who's full of it and who's a problem, yep. we start thinking like, you know what, this might be addition by subtraction. Yep. And, and it's, it's, shame. it's even written in our syllabus, like ego has no place. Yeah. This here, is a community so. group. Right. If you think you're better than this, go join the Philly Pops. Right. <laughs> exactly. You know? Yep. So. And and that doesn't mean that you have the right to screw around and, and 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 whatnot. This is we're all doing this for the same reason. And if you're not even on board, even though we screw around, we screw around <laughs> a lot. But that's up for me to decide, right? Because you yeah. know everything, right? That's right. right. Yes, because <laughs> that's what friends do. That is what friends do. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's a shame with 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 uh, DeChambeau. But yeah, um, you know it's. It is what it is, and, yeah. and and we can only just keep watching it and calling it out to a certain degree, you know. Yeah. Um, he's not gonna he's not gonna care one way or the other what we say. So, right. yeah. so it's gonna be what it's gonna be. Um, right. You know, you also brought up the the story about poor Junior Valentine, the the yeah. the call up umpire who took a ball to the face. Right. Uh, this back in September. Um, for those of you who don't know, so Junior Valentine is one of the um, call-up umpires that was authorized in the pandemic year to to umpire Major League Baseball. He was at the AAA level. And you you know that those the, those cats who were authorized through the pandemic have uh, three-digit numbers on their sleeves instead of one or two. So in 2021, you know, they they use they, you know, those, once you open that bag, you know, it's open. So those cats are going to be able to be call-up umpires. Mm-hmm. And um, Valentine was was working a game at City Field between the Cardinals and the Mets, and um, there was a double play ball hit, and uh, Edmundo Sosa of the of the Cardinals had an errant throw, and and Valentine, you know, this is kind of a cardinal sin, no pun intended. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> ah, see, yeah, but Valentine's eyes were glued on first base where he was stationed for for the call at first, and he didn't follow the ball in from second base and Sosa's throw hit him square in the temple. Now, thank God Valentine's okay. He actually stayed in the game. I, he, that that was miraculous. He, I, I, yeah. I don't know how. He, he worked the plate the next night. Um, it was And insane. that was a fast throw. Yeah. That so, throw must have been at least 95. I, I mean, that was a very fast yeah. throw. So, so we're just glad he's okay. Yeah, but, but at the same time, you know, the, 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 obviously the incident went viral, um, and and Sean, you showed me. Yep. I think it was on Instagram. Yep. Uh, the you know the clip was posted, mm-hmm. and the comments that followed were. I'll let you read some of them, and and please call out the people who. Who, oh yeah, who, who did the, the the bad stuff? Oh, absolutely. Um, and I'll just let the, I'll let the evidence speak for itself. Um, so most of the comments were actually in support of of Valentine, but there were a few. Um, some guy by the name of Stephen to the G on Instagram said, "Finally, hashtag aim for the umps." Um, that's the first one. That was the first negative one. Um, bsshanks.28 said that's interference. That's interference on ump. What? Incorrect. 
the, um, the umpire is considered part of the ground, basically. Okay. Right. So, like, um, unless it's a batted ball that hits an umpire mm-hmm. and doesn't have an opportunity to be fielded by somebody, right? It's nothing. Yeah. Eric with a K zero seven should have been Angel Hernandez standing uh, there. Right there. That's terrible. Yep. Um. Let's see. What, what else is there? Um, oh, Ethan dot Stewart dot five eight three six seven one one said he shouldn't stand there. Then learn your lesson. That's <laughs> stupid. Uh huh. James dot Tierney said sniper in capital letters. So now there's that's pretty violent. Um. Although oh. I will I will say that there was one time in an NFL game I saw an official just fall for no reason and someone tweeted sniper man down and okay. I I did I did well, laugh that's, that okay well that's so, different because yeah. he actually didn't right yeah, he just fell yeah tripped over his own feet uh, J underscore Ruba Rubal Kaba seven said elite ball placement um. EGE Breas.7, elite ball placement. Probably the same person. Yeah, elite ball placement is actually the name I used to dance under. Uh, let's see. Um, now, Becca20, B E K K A20, said on purpose, dude didn't even go see if he was okay or said sorry. Ha. So. Now he's calling Sosa out for 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 thinking that he did that on purpose, which I'm sure it I'm sure it wasn't. I mean, the throw was just way off yeah. target. People cats don't especially shortstops, I don't know if they have that kind of accuracy every right, single time. From that okay? far away, yeah. I don't think so. Um This isn't Greg Maddox for crying out loud playing shortstop. Okay. Right. Um let's see. Um Oh, Mr. Underscore T-E-J-U-I-N-O. I wish that was Joe West. Um, you know. <laughs> should we, when we post this episode, should we tag all of these people? <laughs> and say, hey, we called you out on our latest episode. <laughs> oh. Um, but we're better than that. We're not classless. No. We're not Bryson DeChambeau. Right. Because so, that's what friends do. Right. Um, let's see. Adventure Wolf underscore in the face. In the face. Well, that's a reference to um, The Hangover, isn't it? It is. But yeah. still, I mean, well, okay. In the face. Yeah, I mean, that's. I, I, yeah. yeah. When, when, it's, it's, it's probably not a, the best thing to be writing there. But mm-hmm. when compared to an Angel Hernandez or Joe West comment that's that's tame yeah you know that's just that's just a as someone who's been called a poor man's rob riggle before i can just say that that's that's something else you know right because that was rob riggle who said that in the movie right king mar king mar 732 said he had he had to have beef with that ump ain't no way you make that bad of a throw by accident lol well again i don't think it was intentional and i don't know of any beef between sosa and valentine yeah so not 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 in my unless something happened at the triple a level years ago and he's finally getting his vengeance (laughs) right this summer no time to die the umpire edition (laughs) um oh base meister that's what you get for not looking well he was looking at the bag did he commit the the fallacy of trying of not following the baseball? Yes, it's but you don't. Oh God, you just don't call people out like that, right? You know, this is. Oh, Kyle Jones. Now I'm calling him out for a different reason. He said, "Gonna put a net for the umpires to stand behind." No, no, gonna put a net for which. <laughs> The up for, for umpires make stand. Make, right, <laughs> make stand. Let's get our prepositions right there. We Kyle. we have, we have completely yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah, there most of them are actually pretty tame. Um. 
you know, and, and there, there were just some really bad ones. And I feel like you kind of have to show your humanity a little bit here and, and, and realize that this is something that can kill a man. Yes. And he very, if that was an inch higher, he would have probably, he could have died on the spot. Right. And when you make comments like that, it's, it's just, you, I mean, he has a concussion. He has to have a concussion from that. There's no way he'd. I, well, if he had a concussion, why did he work the next night? Again, I think there's there there you would I would be with you into saying he probably had to be concussed from that. But if he's working the plate the next night, and they are very sensitive with concussions and whatnot in baseball, I guess I guess so. You know, they must have put him through a barrage of tests, and he was fine. I guess, so, but but man. yeah, I, I I get it. You know, you you see something like that, and you got to think he's got to have a concussion. He's got to come out of this game, and he was fine. That's amazing. Yeah, I just I I, I just I am just floored at some of the comments yeah. and how you know uh, it, it's just it's unfortunate. It really is. I mean, you know, it it's when you make comments like that over someone who. Has been who was almost killed, essentially, uh, by a very fast-moving baseball in the temple. <laughs> You're kind of a really shitty person. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No. I, 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 I mean, you are. You, you, you gotta have. You gotta put your feelings aside for a moment. There. First of all, this umpire, Junior Valentine. He was just called up a year ago, right? Yes. So it's not like he's been in the major leagues for 20-plus years. And I'm not making excuses to to say this no matter who the umpire is. But, like, it's not like he's racked up a, a bad rap sheet or, like, or like he's, you know, it's just a new guy. <laughs> right. Who's just called up. And you're already making you're you're you don't know anything about this guy, and you're putting him in this cookie cutter mold. You're making assumptions based on how other umpires, how you think other umpires are, because you may or may not disagree with the job that they're doing. It's, right. it, it's to say, oh, you know, every umpire must have, you know, must be in it for themselves. And it's always an ump show and this, that, the other. Right. I want to be like, you can't, you can't say that. You you can't make that assumption that umpires are always doing it in that way because you're, you're screwing it up is what you're doing. Right. You're, you, you are make you're just, it's just not appropriate to always be hating on sports officials that way. It's a, it's a form of prejudice, right? Um, almost like a form of racism because you're judging based upon, um, you know, the the uh, color of their skin, in which case this could be, you know, the zebra stripes for, for being an official uh -huh. as opposed to the content of their character of who they are and, and for what they stand. Right. You know, mm -hmm. so so it's you're 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 110 percent right. And to to kind of piggyback off of that um, on Twitter, there was a uh, a thing posted on. Let me see here. It was on September 15th at nationals park uh it was posted by john boy media john boy does uh, a lot of uh, yankee stuff and whatnot so and so anyway uh angel hernandez is coming off the field after working the plate with his crew mm -hmm. and um you know they're walking down the tunnel and people are asking for a baseball and he's all out of baseballs and whatnot he says i'm sorry i don't have any i'd give you one if i had them but i don't have them and this one kid uh, literally has a baseball and a and a and a pen and just says, "Hey, Angel, can I get an autograph?" And Angel stops and says, "Yeah, I'll give you an autograph." So he tosses Angel the ball and the pen. He signs it. He and he gives it back to him and you know points at him and says, "You know, God bless. You know, thanks so much. Yada yada yada." What a nice gesture! Yeah, from Angel Hernandez. He's like, "I don't have any balls to give, otherwise I would." But one kid wants an autograph. Yeah, let me give you a quick autograph. That's not going to hurt me. Yeah, you know, is it going to be the end of the world? You know, it's almost like he's saying, like, 
if, if MLB wants to discipline me for doing that, go ahead. You've already dragged me through the ringer as it is. Right. If you're going to discipline me for doing the right thing for giving someone an autograph, you know. Why would that even be against the rules? Some, I, think, I, think it's, I think it's something because I'm not sure if players or personnel are allowed to sign autographs after a certain point when, like, the game is imminent. So, like, if it's a 7 o'clock game, I mm -hmm. think, like, they have to stop signing by, like, 6.20, 6.30, something really? like that. Huh. I think I think I think it's a thing where they want like all personnel off the field because they got to get the field ready and whatnot. And, okay. you know, and, and you're basically creating that boundary at that point. Before that, there's the, the boundaries are looser. You know, mm -hmm. if you you know, you can you can mingle with the fans a bit more before that, you know, mm -hmm. but once that boundary is set, it's no, I'm on the field and you're in the stands and it's it's right. for safety. OK, right. Right. so I get it. I'm not I'm, yeah. not, gonna, I'm not trying to like mock it uh -huh. but you know angel hernandez has a bad reputation through no fault of his own and and he does something like this and he's like you know what you want to punish me punish me right. go ahead i'm doing the right thing yeah you know and and as i'm going down the 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 the, the twitter comments here uh, i should actually give credit it was uh, starting nine was the 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 uh, account that first posted it, and John Boy retweeted it and started the whole thing. Mm. Um, and you know, the first couple of comments are you know are sweet and whatnot. Like John Boy says, starting to get a weird feeling that the Angel Hernandez thirty for thirty is going to leave us all loving him. You know, mm. like okay, yeah, I get it, I get it. Um, Dustin Cooper responds with, "What if I told you uh, that the thirty for thirty would be called Angel in the infield?" You know, like, okay, that's that's cute. Uh, Tom Malaka says, uh, he has quick hands. See the way he caught that pen? You know, like, th that's all fun. Um, and then, and then, you know, oh, and, and Jesse, who goes by the handle at Beef Squatch with an extra H, says, you know damn well this is going to be the story of a very sweet man who loves the game with all of his heart just trying to do his best. Cool. Then sports time. This has got to be a, a weird account because um, the handle is sports three 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 three, and the picture is of an attractive female. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's kind of like uh, I don't think that this is the person in charge of the account because the comment says, "But he's bad at his job. Companies don't keep people who are unfit for their job just because they're sweet." Like. Okay, someone has no idea how the, the labor negotiations work with them right. and also doesn't understand that he's not bad at his job. The media and other people make him look bad at his job. Um, Lionheart Z says, it's going to be tough having to accept that he's not some demon here on this earth to solely ruin baseball games, but is in fact a well-meaning, hardworking dude who's not perfect at his job like all of us. Upper class white trash says he's far from perfect, like really, really far. Uh, well, D perfect doesn't exist. Right. So, you know. Uh, DM Nagel says, assuming Joe West would just sign the ball and keep it for himself. Personally, I'm biased towards Richie Garcia. Uh, Trevor uh, at the handle. Uh, Mika Z.I. Bangagood says, or try and eat it. Um, hustling Manny Machado uh, tweets, I found that most blind people are generally nice. Nothing to see here. Uh, yes to science inequality you, puts the phrase man of faith in quotes as if to mock, mock spirituality. Uh, Ruben DeJesus tweets, am I missing something or did this kid just get excited about getting an autograph uh, from the worst umpire in baseball? Corey Bass uh, writes, hope he spelled it right. He gets most everything else wrong. Hmm. Um, let's see here.
JD Devine says, proof you can be a really good guy and a really bad umpire. Mike, uh, at Mike D underscore says, good guy who isn't a great umpire. It's okay. He's probably still in the top 1%. Chris Perry tweets, he's used to making everything about himself. No surprise he wants to give an autograph. But didn't the kid want... Ask, yeah. <laughs> the kid wanted the autograph. Um, Matt Cootie says, now he'll make the next game he does even more about himself for F's sake. Man, uh, Mitch Govitz says, surprised he caught it considering his blindness behind the plate. <clears throat> like, like all these people, I want to say what you need to, what, what you're all missing here is you're all coming up with the idea of, oh, he's a great guy. He's just a terrible umpire. No, he's a great guy and he's actually a pretty darn good umpire. You're being swayed by the media. Right. Look at the statistics. He's not as bad as you think. Do you have those handy? The statistics? Mm -hmm. Go to closecallsports.com, anybody, and uh. you'll see, you can search for Angel Hernandez articles to your heart's desire, and they will show you that he's not as bad as you think. Um, here's some other replies. Uh, uh, Damon uh, Targaryen says uh, he is a master ump compared to Joe West. Um, if you look at, um, let me see if there are some. Um, Gary Magnifico says that's about his ego, not him being a nice human. You know, it's like I, I, I've reached the end here, so I'm not even going to continue with that, but it's it's just uncool you know no but no one has to stop and give an autograph there and the and the dude wanted to do it so then, right you know um if uh, to go back to the statistics i believe i think i'm i'm on the page now yeah there was the one game i think in 2018 when the yankees and the red sox played in the division series and angel hernandez had the three overturn calls at first base and then worked the plate the next night mm -hmm. and i think cc sabathia uh went on record afterwards saying how is angel hernandez on that game he's terrible everyone knows he's terrible blah 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 he's and sabathia was basically scapegoating the fact that he was terrible that night not not hernandez sabathia was terrible mm -hmm. um and close call sports basically said actually he scored the highest plate score uh in that game so your definition of terrible must be very off because out of all the possible plate scores to that point, he his was the best. Yeah, I'm seeing the uh, review affirmation percentage. Yeah, and it's at four. It's point four hundred, and and total. See upheld calls. So that basically means six. that you know the the calls where he his calls get challenged and they get overturned. Mm -hmm. So 40% of his, uh, of his calls are, are not overturned according to that percentage. Okay. Okay. But that's why we have replay. Yeah. Because you don't know the specifics of each call and right. each call could be something where it's like, you know, he was blocked out. It's a very tough call to make, you know, it was such a whacker that it could have gone either way. Right. You know, remember, replay is there to fix the obvious miss. And we, by opening the Pandora's box, there are a couple of things where they're going to slip through that way. Mm. So it's just, it's, we, we, we tend to rehash this all the darn time. You know, like these umpires are not out there doing this to, to hurt other people. And for anyone who thinks that umpires are bad at their job when they are at the major league level, you get back there. You try and do it. Yeah. Okay? You do the research. You figure out, is it the media who is swaying you to believe this, or are they actually bad? Got news for you. 
it's the media. It is 110% the media. And we've all been in situations where the media has controlled the narrative. So yep. do me a favor, everybody. Do your research before formulating an opinion. Right. That's. I think that's all we can ask. Yep. So, well, I think we've uh, beaten this one as much as we can. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, but uh, glad we were able to uh, waste a lot of time with uh, James Bond and Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Well, and... that's not a waste of time. No, 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 <laughs> not at all. Um, but uh, we uh, we certainly enjoyed this. Hope everybody enjoyed this as well. Sean, thank you as always for all that you do. Of course. And uh, remember, everybody, at uh, osafoundation.org, podcast at osafoundation.org, facebook.com slash osafoundation, Twitter and Instagram at osafoundation, hashtag how you play the game, and also available on YouTube. We'll talk to everybody in just a few short weeks. And until then, enjoy the fall as it comes around and play off baseball and treat each other with respect. How You Play the Game is a production of the OSIP Foundation, Incorporated. The producer-engineer of this episode is Sean Ryan. Music by SoundSpring Studio. The executive producer of How You Play the Game is Jack Furlong. For more information, visit osipfoundation.org.